Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, everybody. I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this seventh message in the portal into his presence. I'm telling you, I have just loved teaching this series. and I've loved the value that people are getting from this. I'm already you know, preaching this in some, in some other arenas. And I'm telling you, people are responding to this incredibly, but they're not just responding because of the informational value. They are responding because it is, it is giving them some how-to to actually experience a supernatural God in what we would call supernatural ways. And as you have discovered, as you've been going through this series, our universe was created to be interactive, uh, which we would call supernatural. Everything about how we are created, how the universe is created, how our planet is created, is designed for optimal living for the human race. Now, when Adam brought sin into the world, he messed that up. And a lot of what we would call supernatural capabilities that we had prior to sin coming into the world, we lost our capabilities of functioning in those ways because we lost our sense of identity. We didn't give our authority to the devil. That's not in the Bible anywhere. The devil never has authority over us, never has had authority over us, never will have authority over us uh, unless uh, suddenly realize the Bible is a lie and Jesus was a liar because he's not. He, he, he actually stripped all principality and power of all of their capabilities. They have no, absolutely no power over us. Now, but I, want you, I do want you to understand this, though. Prior to the fall, we had the capabilities of interacting with all 10 dimensions of the universe, just like God did, because we were created in the likeness and image of God. And so you realize that many of the things that we consider to be supernatural, where, where supposedly we think, we think that the laws of physics uh, are being violated, and that's what a miracle is. No, it's just that there are 10 dimensions, and we only have awareness of four of them at this point in time. And it is by being able to move in and out of these other dimensions, actually, that we experience, would experience much of what would be called supernatural. But at the end of the day, the ultimate supernatural, which is, which is uh, what we get from God, the life of God, that, that comes from one source and one source only. It does not come from being, being superior to the laws of nature. It does not come from being able to function in all these ways. It comes by our personal and intimate connection with God, whereby we experience the life of God. And that no amount of information, no amount of anything else, no formulas, it doesn't really matter. Uh, All this stuff that we think is so spiritual and spooky, the real truth is, it's all about connecting to God. And honestly, most people don't know much about connecting to God. So today we're talking about the secret portal. Now, I want you to understand the, the, the universe and even man is, is full of mysterious secrets. Now, these are not secrets that God created to make it hard for us to discover things. These are secrets that are hard to see when you don't recognize and believe the full truth of God's word. It's amazing the things that the Bible 
says very plainly, and people read them, and they have to twist them to say something that fits their preference, their denomination, uh, what they grew up believing, all, all of these kinds of things. And so, so we are saddled with all kinds of beliefs and all kinds of doctrines and ideas that really don't help us know God. They just make God more and more mysterious. But I got news for you. God has told us things about the universe, about the human body, about all of these things that really, and we'll get to see it in, in, millennium. in the millennium, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. By the way, those of us, those of us that are walking with him are going to rule and reign with him. And in this thousand years, we're going to, the world is going to be operated based on the word of God. And we will finally get to see, this will be the end of Western medicine as we know it. This will be the end of, of, of a lot of the technologies that are destroying the earth and defiling the human race. This will be the end of so many things that we have come to rely on and depend on that the truth is they're making our life shorter, they're making our life sicker, they're making our life worse. And we're going to get to see that we could have had paradise. We could have had heaven on earth all of these thousands of years if, in fact, we had just trusted God. When Jesus is going to come back, it's going to be set up, and we're going to have a thousand years of, of how it could have been. And the final testimony of God before we have the new heavens and new earth is that God is good. He has been nothing but merciful. He's been nothing but patient. And all of these religious lies that have been told about him are just that. They are religious lies meant to turn people away from God. And one of the things that we understand about the, about the universe, and we, uh, you know, we talked about this in the concept of microcosm, macrocosm, and that is that, that all of God's creation, from the smallest subatomic uh, energies to the largest uh, expressions of matter, all of them work by a set of conditions and rules and, uh, you know, rules of physics and this sort of thing, all of which are 100% consistent. There are no contradictions in the natural laws of physics. There are no contradictions in any of, of the created world or created being. So that, that's why the Bible tells us that when we look at the creation, when we give an unbiased look at the creation, uh, uh, we get to see through the things that God created, many of the invisible attributes and characteristics of God. And so, so the more we understand the truth about the laws of nature, the more we can understand how some of God's word works within us. And so based on these principles of microcosm and macrocosm, uh, or as the Chinese would call it, on earth as in heaven, or as the Bible would call it, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Then we start understanding that, that all of these mirrored things that happen outside and inside can help us understand how to function with the way God created us and in this environment that he created us. But it also tells us that anything that we can see out here in the natural world, it is a reflection of something God created in us, something wherewith we have been endowed to live the abundant life. And so, you know, we just scratch the surface. And by the way, you know, I have a six uh, audio series that you can get. Now, now, I've given you seven free videos. I'm not holding anything back from you. I'm giving everything you can. But I know that people will get tired if I keep going on the same subject matter much longer. And I also know that some people just want to go deeper because they're seeking to be a disciple. They're seeking to put this stuff to work in their life. So I always 
uh, put out an audio series that if you want it, you can purchase it. And if you purchase it, not only are you making an investment in yourself, but we use those resources to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. This is one of the major uh, uh, ways that we are able to create finances without having to take up offerings all the time. So, so you, can, you can get that and you can dive into things that go much farther than we went into in these series, but, but most people or many people would not have wanted to have gone that deep in these series. But one of the things that we realize is that if there are portals that make it possible for us to move from dimension to dimension out here in the natural world, and you know, the Bible, the Bible shows us that. I couldn't have ever deduced this from the Bible, but, but a 13th century scholar and theologian called Nachmanides, uh, uh, he actually discovered this in the Bible. There are 10 dimensions to our universe. Now, Jesus operated in 11 dimensions, which meant he was superior to all of these dimensions. Uh, after, and after the resurrection, we will become uh, 11 dimensional beings, and we will be able to interact with all of the 10 dimensions of the universe to, you know, to our advantage and to actually help Jesus rule and reign here on planet Earth. But, the, but if there are portals out in the outside world, there have to be some kind of portals uh, that function in, in our inner man. Now, uh, Jesus talked about a secret portal or an inner gate. And the Pharisees, because the Pharisees, they were questioning him about the kingdom of God, when it's going to come, how they're going to know it. He said, look, this is in Luke 17, 20. He said, look, the kingdom doesn't come by observation. You don't, you don't see the kingdom. So you, the Bible says in John 3 that when you get born again, you can see or perceive the kingdom. You don't see or the, perceive the kingdom externally. You don't see or perceive that with your eyes or even with, uh, with your intellectualism. Seeing and perceiving the kingdom is an inward function that happens because you perceive it in your heart. So in talking about, in, in talking about the kingdom of God, which means we got to have some way to enter, how do we enter the kingdom of God? Well, we Jesus said that the kingdom is within you. So if the kingdom is within you, then this means that, that the portal into the kingdom of God is within you. And we know based on all of the other scriptures taught about this, we know that the heart is the portal way. It is the gate. It is the door. It is the opening into the kingdom of God. And where we enter into another realm and we begin to experience God on a totally different level. You know, so much of our prayer life, so much of our Bible reading, we're, we are experiencing God, but we're experiencing God uh, really to just a very minute capacity uh, that we could and should experience God. When you begin experiencing God in your heart, not just in your mind, you actually pass through this portal in your heart, this door in your heart that Jesus talked about, and you enter into a, another dimension. And I'm telling you, for those of you who, who spend time communing with the Lord, you know what I'm talking about. You go into this realm, there is no time. You can be there for hours and you feel like you've only been there for minutes. There is no time. There is no sense of space. But you also realize that when you pass through this portal, that you enter this realm where you are in direct communion with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, you don't ask for anything. You're not presenting any needs to God. You're just sharing with God. You're talking with God. But you are also being transformed and becoming one with God. You don't have to go in there with your shopping list begging God to change things. The Bible says that in his light, we have light. 
Jesus said, when you see me as I am, then you'll become like I am. And so this is the principle all throughout scripture is that transformation doesn't happen by effort. Transformation just happens by being in the presence of God, the real presence of God, experiencing the life of God in his presence. Now, when you begin talking about this, you know, entering in through this gate, uh, and remember, everything with God that's real happens in your heart. If it's happening in your mind, it's a thought, it's going to be gone, it's going to wear off, it's going to go away. But what happens in your heart is the one and only place where you experience what is real with God. Anything's going to happen in your soul. Anything's going to happen in, in your emotions. Anything's going to happen in your physical body. Anything that's going to happen in the world around you, if you want it to be permanent, it's got to happen because your heart is harmonizing with God, is becoming one with your perception of God. And so this is another reason you want to have a biblical perception of God that's based on the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus talks in his parables about the kingdom. And sadly, you know, I went to, I went to a great church with a great pastor, and I loved him, and man, he taught me so much. But basically, every single Sunday, we would he would preach from one of the parables of Jesus almost every Sunday. And, uh, and he would then give a, a, an invitation for salvation because the idea here was all these parables about how to enter in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what you get when you die. No, wrong. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven are two different descriptions uh, of overlapping realities where we enter into another realm with God. The kingdom of God it's where we enter into the rule of God by surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus and by making the determination that we're going to harmonize our life with him. We want to be like him. You know, we want to, we want to have the same values and priorities that he has. His truth and his representation of God is the only truth and rep representation of God that we will accept. We will interpret every scripture in the Bible based on his teaching, his ministry, his life, the way he treated people because Jesus is the Lord of all. And there is, no, there is no true perception of God outside of how you see him in Jesus. Everything else is just an imagination or an opinion. And so Jesus' parables, every now and then Jesus would talk about being saved, but almost everything he said was about how to enter into this realm called the kingdom of God, about passing through this portal in your heart and entering into a dimension. So the first dimension is the Lordship of Jesus, where you're surrendering yourself fully and 100% to God. The second realm is the kingdom of heaven. And heaven, of course, that's the resources of God that we will have in heaven, but that we can have them now, and we can have them in, internally. And if they become real internally, then they can become real externally, but all has a starting heart. So in talking about the kingdom of God, he talks about you know, the narrow gate, Matthew 7, 13, he says, enter in by the narrow gate for what? Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it because the narrow gate is the gate, uh, excuse me, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now, he's talking about Zoe, quality of life that God has. He's not talking about getting saved. Now, the reason it's hard is because the way of the transgressor is hard. The person who is not going to walk with God, who is not going to harmonize their life with God, who is not going to uh, accept Jesus' testimony of who God is, that person's always, life is always going to be hard. They can never inherit the kingdom of God. They can never enter into this realm called the kingdom of heaven. Everything will be hard. Everything will be a struggle. And so people are, 
seemingly fully committed to living godless lives, being immoral, to being dishonest, all these things, uh, but yet they want to experience the life of God, and it's not going to happen. And, and so these are the people who, who will try every formula, they'll read every book, they'll try every gimmick, they will trust every pop theology, and the real truth is they never get any closer to God. And you know, their ego gets kind of puffed up and they feel pretty good, feel like they got it working for a day or a week or maybe a month, and then it falls all apart because it really wasn't established in their heart directly uh, through connection with God. I want to tell you something. What you get intellectually is always going to what you get intellectually is always going to fade away. Always. Your memory is going to slip. It's going to fade away. Your emotions are going to overcome that experience. But what gets written on your heart, the real you, that, that which is rooted in who God is and your new identity, who you are, that doesn't go away. That doesn't wear off. That doesn't fizzle down in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And so Jesus is talking about entering into this way that most people are trying to avoid because they're not real. They don't trust God enough to believe if I give him my whole life, I'll ever, 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 ever be happy again. And uh, sadly, that's just fear and unbelief, and it leads you to run away from God. Now, in the book of John, the 10th chapter, uh, we have a, in John 10, 10, we have this famous scripture that everybody quotes, a thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And that word life is the Greek word zoe, the quality of life that Jesus possesses, the quality of the life that he received from God the Father. Now, we will very narrowly uh, interpret that verse to say that the thief is the devil. So suddenly, all of this that Jesus taught here becomes very specifically about the devil. Now, the devil is a thief, he is a liar, and he is a murderer. And that's what he, if he had the authority, all these people thought the devil had authority. If he had authority over you, he would have already killed you. And he doesn't have authority, so he always is working through deceit, trying to get you to dive into sin, to think that you can get the pleasures that you want without having to mess with God. And somehow you think you can, somehow you think you can have God and have sin too. Well, you can't. Like you know, like they used to say back in, in my day, coming up, they say, you know, uh, you got you get too much sin in your life to enjoy God, and you get too much God in your life to enjoy sin, and that is a miserable, miserable way to function. But when it talks about the thief, Jesus is talking about something very different. You notice he says in John 10, 1, he says, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And so he first introduces himself as the, as the shepherd who will lead you into the, the sheepfold. In the sheepfold, you have, you're fed, you're watered, you're taken care of, you're protected. And this is, this is all about really the, the kingdom of heaven. But, uh, but also, you know, after Jesus goes and becomes the door, how does he become, how does he become the door? Well, well, he becomes the door by meeting all the qualifications required for us to enter the sheepfold. So he's the shepherd who, by the Holy Spirit, leads you into the sheepfold. But he is the door that says the way is open to you. If you trust me and you trust what I have done for you, if you believe my sacrifice of my death, burial, and resurrection will qualify you, then, then the way is wide open for you from, you know, from this point on, and you can enter in freely. So the reality of it is, well, and then about, by the way, in verse 
uh, verse 7 of John 10, he says, most surely I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So we see him uh, representing or presenting himself as the shepherd. We also see himself re representing himself as the door of the sheep. And so he starts talking about how that uh, uh, anybody, anybody that tries to get into this sheep pen or this sheepfold any other way, that that person is a thief. And, and that person who is trying to go in any way other than the door is a thief, they're a liar, and ultimately they're a murderer because they're going to mislead people, and they're going, going to get people confused, they're going to get people not looking to God. Now, we know that Jesus is our source of salvation. We know that when we come to him as Lord, we get, we're supposed to believe in our heart, not in our mind. Now, believing in your heart is a progressive journey. That's why we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. The process of salvation uh, uh, starts with getting born again, but all these other aspects of salvation are progressive to the degree that we see, perceive, and believe on Jesus and what he has accomplished for us. So Jesus has got to be the source. If he is the door, then this means we never, ever, ever attempt to enter the sheep pen where all the resources are. We never try to enter that sheep pen uh, other than through him. So if, if we try to enter it through the latest prayer formula that we have heard, we try to enter it through somebody's special anointing, if we try to enter it through any, all of these other ways, then the real truth is we're a thief. We're trying to steal. We're trying to get from God what he offered us through Jesus, but we are not willing to come to Jesus uh, to receive that. Many people do not want to come to Jesus. Many people do not want to see God as he is, because, you know, the Bible says that, that, that men rejected the, the light because they love, their, love darkness more than they do light, because light actually, you know, sheds light onto their, onto their wicked deeds. And so many people are trying to straddle that post and say, well, you know, how bad can I get before I totally destroy my spiritual life? Uh, and so I'm just going to get as close to that line as I, as I possibly can. But the real truth is the abundant life, the life that surpasses any concept quality uh, that we have ever conceived happens when Jesus is our all in all. In other words, I'm, you know, if, if I start to pray about something and suddenly I get this condemnation, I say, well, what about this that you did the other day? You know what? I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to agree quickly with my adversary and say, you know what? I did do that, but Jesus died for that sin. I, uh, he washed me in his blood and, and my conscience is free. I do not have to carry around with me the, the knowledge and the awareness of the sin all the time. So you're always going back to when condemnation comes, you go back to Jesus. Whenever you're, whenever you're approaching and you are, are needing, you know, you got a broken heart, you're sad, you're just, you're depressed, you're, you're, you know, you're financially struggling, you're, you're dealing with sin. Then, then when we come, that's, we still have to come saying, Jesus is the resolve for all this. Jesus is the answer for all of this. So I'm coming through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am entering into the sheep pen. You know, for decades, I came to understand that the biblical model of the, of the inner man uh, was uh, actually based on the blueprint for the temple. Now, for the longest, I was a little confused because I kept looking to the blueprint of the tabernacle, 
and the blueprint of the tabernacle shows aspects of our inner man, but actually only the temple of Solomon gives us a blueprint to understand the dynamics of our, of our inner man. And, you know, the Holy of Holies is actually our spirit, and that's the place where God actually abides. And then when you come out of the Holy of Holies, you come into the holy place, and the holy place actually is a, uh, a, the, presenting the concept of the heart, where, where the, what, what is holy, what happens in the spirit comes out, is understood, is activated, and it's empowered in your heart. And then you go out, you know, you go through every aspect of, of the doorway entering into the Holy of Holies or into the holy place. That's Jesus. He is, he is the doorway. Then you go out into the porch and you go out into the, to the inner courtyard, to the outer courtyard. Every one of those different facets of the temple represent a different aspect of who we are. We are spirit, so body. We are heart. We are mind. We are emotions. We are will. And the, the temple... Even I, I didn't see this until I, I read it from somebody else. But but you know the, the the temple of Solomon even actually includes in the inner model the place where we hide our hurts and pains and cover them over because we're not dealing with them. And, and those are the things that corrupt our life and that destroy our faith and our confidence as, as we move forward in life. So we've got this model of you know of the temple. And Jesus is the door into the temple, and Jesus is the door into the Holy of Holies. Now, once we, we put all of our bases for God accepting us, we put all of our hope for God working in our lives, and, and that is Jesus. And we become very clear about the fact that we are coming, we are qualified, we are accepted in the beloved, in Jesus Christ. And so we need to come in with more than just tacking in the name of Jesus on the end of our prayers. I mean, we, we are actually not praying in faith so many times. We're, we're trying to work an incantation. We think if we say the right formula, we think, then, then God will respond to us the way that we want him to. That is not true. The question is, in your heart, are you holding it on every conscious, subconscious level that because of Jesus, the door is open to you because of Jesus you can come without fear. Because of Jesus, you will always be accepted. Because of Jesus, you will always be loved. And because of Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen for you. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't have time to go in this right now as much as I would like to. I do want to point you to uh, the audio series. I want to point you to uh, a podcast that I do with Bob Nalder Meisner called Live Transformed. I talk about this in incredible depth in that podcast, and you can check that out, livetransform.com, and uh, I want you to get this, but here's one of the things I want you to realize. When we enter in through Jesus, and he's the qualifying factor, we don't actually come into the presence of God with our shopping list and start talking about, okay, I need to get healed. Are you going to heal me today? Okay, I'm broke. Are you going to help me get out of this bind I'm in? Okay, I'm struggling with temptation. Are you going to give me victory? Because what happens when we enter into his presence, see, the Bible says when we see him as he is, we are transformed into that likeness for one reason, because we do perceive him as he really is. We have light because we are in his life. So transformation isn't something you have to go and beg for. Getting healed is not something to go and beg for. When you abide in his presence, you go through a transformation that is adequate to meet every single need in your life. And I'm telling you something. 
it changes everything about the way you pray, changes everything about the way you worship, and suddenly you understand what it really means to get all that God has for free through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, be sure and check out other series that I have on impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Be sure and download the audio version of this and start getting everything you can get out of this. And also check out, I think we may have some specials going right now. If we do, they'll put them on the screen. You know, we offer several different specials uh, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and we want to be a blessing to you. Share this with everybody, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.